Hey Rope Droppers, we want to thank our amazing sponsor, the Rope Drop Queen herself, Michelle McKnight. She's an independent travel agent affiliated with MEI Travel and Mouse Fan Travel. We have used her on a number of vacations and can't speak highly enough of her services. If you are thinking about a Disney vacation, she's the one to talk to. Her services are completely free. Disney pays her after you travel. And she is a wealth of knowledge that has saved us a lot of time and money. So check her out on Facebook at Rope Drop Queen or email her at michelle.mcknight at mei-travel.com. Now, on to the show. Helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. Welcome to another Rope Drop Radio. I'm Derek. Normally I'd be introducing the Disney dentist, Dr. Doug, right now, but he is enjoying the new Toy Story Land out in Walt Disney World, so next week we'll be diving into all that. But don't worry, you don't just have me solo tonight. In fact, I found another Disney dentist to be my co-host. You might remember her from episode 89. Please welcome back from the Disney Parks Mom blog, Jennifer. Thank you for being on Rope Drop Radio. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Well, and the great thing about having you here is that you are a Disneyland expert. Doug and I, we get out there probably every other year. Uh, I have a trip planned for November, but you are a regular. And so we're going to go out west today and talk about all the new things that are happening out there. Yep. So it's, you know, it's an exciting time. We're in the middle of Pixar Fest. It's basically an entire resort-wide celebration so it it kind of it spans across both parks and even through the downtown disney district um basically what it is it's a celebration of pixar films characters and it's really focused on the dynamics of friendship in those films so you'll see um a lot of banners you'll see the tickets the guide maps they'll they'll show like a pairing of two characters from pixar films so you'll see buzz and woody nemo and dory um Lightning McQueen and Joe Mater, Mike and Sully. Um, we got Wally and Eve. All, all those different characters basically tying in those friendships. So the big theme of this ex- this entire extravaganza is, you know, friendship. You'll see it in the decor through both parks. There's topiaries in downtown Disney District, basically like Disney bounding topiaries of your favorite Pixar characters. There's attractions, there's entertainment, and especially food. It's basically this huge celebration and it is going on until September 3rd. So almost like Disney threw up Pixar all over both resorts. It's, it's everywhere. You'll see it. Yeah. Pretty much every, every dining established from quick service, table service, snack carts, like just the bunting along main street, USA, Buena Vista street. You'll see like, you'll know as soon as you walk in that you were part of this festival. Now, sometimes when Disney throws a festival together, it kind of comes off, especially in the first year or two, not that well. How do you think they have done so far with Pixar Fest? You know, one thing that I was just really surprised at is just the little details around the entire park. So like I said, just the tickets, the guide maps, the cups, like the disposable cups you get from all the restaurants are really cute Pixar Fest cups, kind of like how they do for the different holidays, the food and the theming of the food. That's my favorite part, um, which we'll probably go into a little bit, but I mean, super cute things um, themed to so many different movies, tons of merchandise. They have these really cute friendship bracelets with, like I mentioned, the characters that kind of match up from each movie, little things like that. Tons of Pixar merchandise right now. 
Um, I, th- I think they did a really good job. They have a whole new nighttime spectacular that they put together just for the, the fest, which is fun. They brought back Paint the Night Parade. So, I mean, they really encompass like everything in the resort to Pixar Fest. It doesn't feel superficial. It feels like really well thought out. Awesome. Well, you got me curious now. I'm going to jump ahead to the food. What kind of special things are they doing for Pixar? I'm hoping like some incredible cupcakes. They've done so much that they actually, I'm holding in my hand that I brought back with me, but they have an entire Pixar Fest guide of just the food. So like that's how detailed it is it you basically you open it up you can grab these from any of your hotels or you know various shops around the resort Um, it has it organized by film so you can look and see like all the food themed to toy story for example little green men they have these little macaroons that are shaped just like them they're super adorable they're called the macaroon that's the official name so they have like it yeah there's um you know, cars theme food, Incredibles food. One of the highlights for me was this ridiculously crazy corn dog um, called the Temperamental Taste Shifting Corn Dog. It was like three corn dogs in one. When they showed it on the menu, there was actually like a, a detailed cross section with like labels to show you three different sections of the corn dog. So that was pretty crazy. You know, there's super cute food for up that have like Wilderness Explorer badge on it and like the house with the balloons on the donut. There's sweet things. There's savory things. My favorite food this trip was the cocoa churro. So they have a whole section of just cocoa food. It was a like a spice Mexican chocolate dipping sauce with a cinnamon cocoa churro. It was so good. I mean, I can go on and on about food, but it was just basically you, you flip this little book open, you find your movie and You'll see all the great things. Um, One of the newest places that they've opened for Pixar Fest, but it's actually going to be permanently in Pixar Pier, is a new soft serve place called the Adorable Snowman Frosted Treats. And it's basically like a lemon soft serve. Some people are calling it like a lemon Dole Whip because it's non-dairy. I personally liked it better than Dole Whip. Oh, Doug, did you hear that? Better hide. So, I mean, it's a little sweeter. It's not as tart to me as as like regular Dole Whip. Super refreshing. Yeah, just a ton of great stuff for the festival that I think I'm going to miss some of that when Pixar Fest is over. Well, quick question. What is your favorite Pixar film? That is so tough. I really like, I think I'm between Cars and Inside Out. Okay. So yeah, Inside Out. I really think the kids' movie, but it's got so much stuff in there. I think for adults and so many like double meanings and things that make you really think and the loss of Big Bing Bong. That was really deep. That was. That hit me hard. That I agree. That was a that was a rough moment for that one. Uh, you spoke about Paradise Pier and everything that's going on there because it's no longer Paradise Pier. It's Pixar Pier. Which has got a lot of the Disney community kind of up in arms. Is it good? Is it bad? Retheming. So I want to dive into that a little bit. And an up, uh, not up, inside out attraction will be coming in here shortly. Yep. So we don't have a date yet, but we just know sometime in 2019, it's going to be called Inside Out Emotional Whirlwind. Very similar looking to Flick's Flyers. If you ever were in a bug's land, looks like they've got sort of the memory orbs, kind of like on the hot air balloons that go around. I think it looks cute. And that will also be next to Bing Bong Sweet Stuff, which is not open yet, which is going to be the new candy store and that inside out headquarters, that neighborhood section of the pier. You know, when you first enter, there's this really beautiful 
marquee. I think most people have seen that online when they see pictures of Pixar Pier. I think when you walk in, it's, you know, it, I mean, it's similar. Obviously, it's very similar to Paradise Pier. But, you know, it's got like all these bright paint colors. It, it really feels a lot brighter. There's so many more lights I feel at night. Like it's a little bit more magical than I think it was before. And the colors work really well with the whole pier setting. So I, I think it looks really nice you know, when you're, when you're walking around. One of the biggest things is Lamplight Lounge, the new restaurant that took the place of Ariel's Grotto restaurant. Um, it's a lounge and a table service restaurant. It's, you know, you can do first come first serve at the lounge, similar to how Cove Bar was in the past and also table service reservations. So that's been really popular. I can talk more about that too. Um, tried some food there. It was really good. I'm one of the few that still miss Ariel's Grotto. One of the things on the Disney Parks Moms panel that we do get a lot of questions about, is there a princess dining experience now that Ariel's Grotto is closed? And unfortunately, there is not right now. So, you know, we're hoping that something comes up somewhere where um, there is a princess dining experience. But for right now, it's not a character dining location. It's more of like a gastropub, upscale lounge sort of feel. So if we're walking through the main entrance of Pixar Pier, that's going to be the first thing you see on the right side. There's a Pixar themed gift shop to the left, Nick Snacks, which has not only Pixar merchandise, but you can buy a lot of like art. And there's also sketch artists there, similar to the sketch artists you'll see, you know, in other areas of the resort, but they're doing just exclusively Pixar films. Around the corner, you'll see the Incredicoaster, which is probably, I guess, the most popular part of Pixar Pier when it first opened. That's um, my favorite movie of all the Pixars, both Incredibles. Incredibles. Yep. I was going to say, if you like The Incredibles, I think you'll really appreciate The Incredicoaster. But it's really just a, a reskin of right. the old California screaming. Uh, do you feel like the rebrand, have they done enough to it to make it kind of feel like a new attraction? You know, so the one thing that I was worried about when I saw the attraction was that when I'm on California Screamin', I'm, I'm looking around the park. I'm kind of like taking in the sights. I love riding it at night and I can see, you know, everything in the distance and look around. But now, you know, the, the ride has a storyline. So you're like more in tune to the, you know, you're more focused on the ride. You're not really looking outside as much. And I was a little worried, like, how would that be? Because that was one of my favorite things about riding um, California Screamin'. But but it keeps you focused. It's good. The music's like the classic, you know, incredible score in the background. You've got some kind of cool, in the beginning and end of the ride, like some scenes from the movie. You'll see some famous, familiar characters from The Incredibles. There's a storyline where Jack-Jack has kind of ran off and you're chasing him and you know there are some little effects on the ride it's nothing completely out of the ordinary that you've never you know seen but it's kind of fun there's some smells in there which was interesting you know there's this water feature when you first start where dash is running next to you and so the water is kind of um like in fountains bouncing next to you as though he's running on the water which is really neat so i mean overall it was fun it was good. I don't think it's, it's, it wasn't super surprising because you can, it's an open ride. So you can see kind of everything, but there are some cool stuff in the tunnels that you cannot see. Um, I'm still yeah. hoping that Walt Disney World gets its own Incredibles, whether it be a coaster or ride, not just a reskin. Sorry, personal preference. <laughs> so, well, right after that, so when you exit that attraction, 
um, you'll go by one of the most popular, I guess, food attractions in Pixar Pier, which is the Jack Jack Cookies Num Nums. Num Nums. Jack Jack Cookie Num Nums. And it's basically, I guess their flagship dish is this baked warm cookie. It's it's more than a cookie. It's it's almost it looks like amazing. Little, yeah, it's like in a little um, dish almost, like a little deep dish pizza, but a cookie, I guess if you can picture that. Really good, warm, delicious chocolate chip cookie. They have also a gluten-free option, which I think will be popular with some people, and a shortbread cookie. Very popular, fits in. That's like in the Incredibles neighborhood there. Then you move over to Toy Story. So we got Toy Story Midway Mania. Nothing's changed with that attraction. Still the same same attraction. Poultry Palace, the little quick service restaurant across from it has little chicken wings. I didn't get a chance to try those. That's on my list for next time. Um, but people seem to enjoy them. Then we've got some Angry Dogs. That's the uh, Anger from Inside Out's little hot dog stand. And also didn't get to try those because I ate way too much at Lamplight Lounge. But again, everyone seemed to enjoy those as well. There's like a spicy and a not so spicy hot dog, I believe, at that location. And then we get over, I think, to the Pixar promenade and that's where you're going to see this really cool band and i hope they stick around for a long time they were brought in for pixar fest they're called the pixar monic orchestra so they play really cool renditions of songs from all your favorite pixar films it was they were like one of my highlights i think of the trip next to my other favorite highlight in pixar pier which was the pixar pier games i saw a video online of you playing some pixar games that was really fun so They've got four locations, similar to what they had before, but they kind of rethemed the games of Pixar Pier. There's one based off Toy Story, one for Heimlich from A Bug's Life. That was my favorite one. You've got a Wally game, and then one off a short called La Luna, if you've seen that. So basically, the card, everything's the same as it used to be. You, you little buy the little card, and you can reload it and use the money for the games. But Heimlich, that was my goal. I was like... I'm not leaving this trip without a Heimlich. And my first try, I was able to get it. So that was happy. Happy Jenny. So That's a win. Yeah. So that's Pixar Pier. What is all to come? Because they kind of opened it up before it was 100% finished. Right. So basically just the inside out stuff that I mentioned. So Bing Bong, sweet stuff. Is the Ferris wheel done yet? Oh, sorry. Yes. Thank you. I forgot about Pixar Pal Around. So that's there. That's open right now. Um, the again, Mi it's Mickey's fun wheel that just, ah, it has a special place in my heart. Mickey's still there. I'll probably still always call it that. Yeah. You can still do the swinging or the non-swinging. It's basically the exact same except for they have the characters now. So you'll have like different characters on your little gondola, I guess. And then there is a really beautiful marquee for that attraction too. Like, I just think certain things like that just look really great um the the light up marquees at night it's beautiful so yeah that was also still just as fun i'll have to check that one out really excited for what they're doing let's jump into another new thing that has come to disneyland and california adventure and that's of course max pass jennifer tell us all about it and how do we use this so um max pass is a, a different system than you'll find at walt disney world for listeners who are familiar with that but it is a way of making digital fast pass selections from your phone. It is a paid feature, 
So you walk into the park, you load your ticket on the app, you purchase MaxPass for $10 a day. Currently it's $10 a day per person per day. Um, once you do that, you can start making digital FastPass selections from your phone. But just so you know, you can still make regular FastPass selections. Like the old paper FastPass? Yeah, so it's actually digital. They give you a piece of paper. That's not really your FastPass, but that it's like a reminder time. Mm-hmm. Um, your FastPass is digitally linked to your ticket still. Which is good because I think every person I know has lost a FastPass at least once in their Disney experience, especially back in the day. Right. So that's kind of nice. You'll, you can, if you walk in, you don't want to get max pass. You walk up to your attraction, you go to the machine, you put your ticket in your paper ticket out, pops out your time. It says, you know, your return time, um, but it's digitally attached to your ticket still. So with, with max pass, basically, as soon as you walk in the park, as soon as you purchase it on the app, which you can purchase the app before you ever get into the park. So that'll save you some time. You can start making fast pass selections for either park, no matter which park you've walked into which I think is really great. Um, it saves you so many footsteps, time. Since using it, we, we've been able to go on so many more attractions. We can't even go on as many attractions as it lets us because you can keep making fast pass selections all day. Well, how many can you get to start off with? So you can only make them one at a time, Yep. but many attractions you'll find, you can actually get that fast pass for either that time or like within a half an hour or 40 minutes, and then you can already start making your next one. So say you walk in at nine, you make a fast pass for 9.15, which basically is enough time, like go get your Starbucks, walk to the attraction, it's already your fast pass time. As soon as you walk in, you know, you can make your next fast pass already 15 minutes later. If you do that throughout the day and you get things that are fairly close together, you'll find that you can just keep making fast pass selections one of the things I found most convenient, like I mentioned, that you can make them for either park. So I could be, you know, in the back of Disneyland and it's a small world and I can make my fast pass for Radiator Springs Racers over in Disney California Adventure Park for later. So it's just to think about the old way or if you don't want to purchase Max Pass where you'd have to go there, go to the distribution kiosk, get your fast pass, walk back. It's just it's crazy how much time you save um, and how much more you can do. And this isn't, I mean, we talk at Walt Disney World 60 days out. We say that religiously. In fact, I'm making fast passes in a day uh, for our next trip. This is day of, all right? Yes. You can only start making them when, as soon as you enter the park. You have to mm-hmm. scan into the park. So, so there's more benefit maybe for some rope dropping. Yeah, exactly. And so actually, so as far as tips and tricks go. Um, Those are my favorite. Yes. Yeah, so I'll, I've got be, I'll be there in November. So tell, the, tell them all to me. So my, my number one big tip that I always tell everyone is when you're using the app and you make a fast pass selection, it'll tell you, you can make your next fast pass at blank. It'll say the time. It's different based on when your return time is. Sometimes it's it's a half an hour out. Sometimes it's 90 minutes out. Sometimes it's like 45 minutes out. Set your alarm because you're so distracted in the parks. It's really hard to remember. Oh, at 1.25, I can make my next fast pass. So constantly, as soon as I make my fast pass selection, I just set my alarm for the next time and I get ready to make it. And you'll find if you do that, it's almost impossible. Like you can't even keep up with how many fast pass selections you can make throughout the day. Like most of the time I'll get that alarm and I'm like, we're just too busy. We're already doing stuff or we're eating. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy to 
think that you could be, you know, that efficient in the parks doing things. So, so that's my big tip is to set an alarm. Another tip. So I just did this when I was there for opening day of Pixar Pier, Disney California Adventure Park opened after Disneyland. So a lot of people were, didn't realize like you could scan into Disneyland. Oh, which that's was, genius. Yeah. Which was already open. And then you can actually start making your fast pass selections for Disney California Adventure Park, even though they were not open yet. So I grabbed an Incredicoaster fast pass for like 920, even though Disney California Adventure Park was not actually open yet. That's a good that, tip. I like that. Another another cool thing about MaxPass, which people don't realize, is that you can, once you've scanned in in the morning, you could make your FastPass selections all day, even if you're not in the park. So you could be in your resort room taking an afternoon nap, and you're like, oh, I want to make a FastPass for later. You can do that from your room. As long as you scan in in the morning for that whole day, then you're able to make FastPass selections. One of the things I always recommend is if you have a shorter trip, say like two days, just purchase MaxPass both days. Super worth it. It's going to save you a ton of time. You're going to get to do everything you want to do. Another awesome benefit, which I forgot to even mention, was that it includes Disney PhotoPass downloads for free. Oh, well, wow. included. As many as you want. So with the time you save where you don't have to stand in so many attraction lines, you know, you can take more PhotoPass pictures throughout the park. You can enjoy some of the ambiance the entertainment, those kinds of things, because you're not spending so much time in line. It sounds like you like it a lot more than what they had before. I love it. I really love it. You know, and at first I was hesitant because I'm like, $10 a day. And, you know, that seems like nothing to to me. Yeah. Because, you know, in Walt Disney World, we can make them digitally and it's included. It's to me, I just love this system so much more. Um, I love making them one at a time instead of having to make the three at Walt Disney World. Just for me, it's just it just feels more efficient. And I don't and I don't know 60 days in advance like what I'm going to do all the time. So I like that it's a same day feature. Now, can you can you make them for everyone in your family, everyone in your party? Yes, you can. So that's super easy to do. Um, the Disneyland app is really user friendly. You just there's an area where you can link tickets to. So you basically just scan everyone in your family and then you just select for each attraction when you go to make your fast pass who you want included in that. If someone doesn't want to ride, you just don't check their name off and it'll just link to their tickets. So it's super convenient. Now would that be ten dollars a person then? Yes. Right. So, so it's that per can person. add up if you have a bigger family. Right. So some of the advice I give people and and we actually did this on a trip we took in May. We were there for four days. There's three of us in our family, plus we had extended family visiting us. So if you add that up for four days, it, it I mean, it can add up to like the price of a park hopper ticket. Um, so what we decided to do was two days we used MaxPass and two days we didn't. So we just basically decided that on the MaxPass days, we would do a lot of the attractions that offered FastPass. And then on the non-MaxPass days, we did more entertainment um, we watched more shows. We did things that don't offer fast pass or that, you know, the lines are not typically as long. We did more like riding the monorail, going on Main Street vehicles, Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room, the Frozen show, things, Frozen Things line. you don't need a fast pass for. Yeah. And just, and, yeah. and, you know, it worked out really well for us that way. And I didn't feel like we were missing out on anything by not purchasing it. 
you know, we took all of our photo pass pictures that we wanted to on the days we had Max Pass because it was included. That see that alone pays for the ten dollars per person. Right. If you take advantage of the photo pass, it's it's really good because you know if you just buy like one photo pass picture, I think it's like fifteen dollars or something. Yeah. You know, so definitely worth it for that, and you can still get magic shots and all that that you would get normally with FastPass. That's pretty amazing. And going there in November, that will help me plan a little bit more. I feel like it's worth the price to spend $10 a person, at least for one or two days there, just to ensure that you get everything in. But my wonder is Star Wars opening up May of 2019. How much is that going to be a game changer? Are they going to have like MaxPass 2.0 or a Star Wars only and or an AP only day or maybe a blockout day. It, who knows what's going to happen in the next Yeah, eight I mean, months. we wonder because, you know, MaxFast right now on the website does say it is an introductory price mm-hmm. of $10 per person per day. So, you know, if, if it's ever going to go up, it may then. Um, I'm not sure. We haven't heard anything about it, but it does state that that is like an introductory price. Mm-hmm. So... Have you uh, have you pre-booked your travel for May? I have not yet. I uh, when it comes to Disneyland, I tend to be I tend to do things a little more like last minute, I guess, <laughs> compared to Walt Disney World because you don't really have to be. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the nice thing about Disneyland, you know, reservations at sixty days. That's as far as you can book anything. So, yeah, I tend to do it a little bit a little bit more last minute, but. Maybe I probably should for Galaxy's Edge, huh? We'll have to have you back on during that time to hear how crazy it's been. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for coming on to Rope Drop Radio again, Jen, and uh, talking about Max Pass and Pixar Pier and Pixar Fest. A lot of fun things are going on out west. It is a great time to book uh, a trip out there. I don't know with crowd sizes, do you feel like... Uh, with Galaxy Edge being about eight months out, do you feel like maybe crowds are coming down or are they still crazy as ever? You know, I've I've been there. So I was there the week of Memorial Day and I was just there in June and I didn't feel like the crowds were too bad. So I don't know if people are holding out for that or if it's just, I don't know, maybe just not super, super crazy busy, but it didn't feel like uncomfortably busy, just okay. And Honestly, with MaxPass, I feel like I never really worry anymore Mm. about crowds because if there's an attraction I want to do that typically would have a longer wait time, I just make that MaxPass, FastPass selection right when I walk in. So I don't really have that fear anymore, like even if it is busy or busier because of that. So it kind of gives you like a little security for doing those kind of attractions. So what is your favorite? We'll finish with this whether it be a rope drop or just favorite attraction, two parks there, Disneyland, California, uh, where would you, where do you go first? Well, I would say not necessarily where I go first, but one of the first max pass and fast pass selections I make when I walk in would be for radiator Springs racers over in cars land. Um, that attraction is just so immersive. Have you done it before? I haven't. I've been see the fast passes have sold out before I've gotten there. So I'm looking right. forward to Max Pass. Right. So when you walk in, you can make that right away. And that's one of the most popular ones. Um, I like to make one early in the day and then I kind of keep an eye on when the return times are because I like to make one for the evening as well, because riding it during the day and night is like a completely different experience. But it's just there are so many audio animatronics and it's mm-hmm. so immersive and it's just I mean, it, it just totally takes you away. And I think that's what I love about 
Disney in general, Disney vacations is that feeling like I'm somewhere else. So yeah, Radiator Springs Racers. And where do you go at Disneyland? You know, I guess my first Fast Pass or my first Max Pass is usually for Space Mountain. Just because. Good choice. Solid. You know, popular. Um, You know, we're those people who also, you know, run to Peter Pan's flight when uh, the park opens because that does not have a Fast Pass. So that's another tip. A lot of people do that because they know the lines are shortest in the morning um, and you don't have. Mm Mm-hmm. Max Pass is an option, but yeah, luckily a lot of my favorite things in Disneyland don't usually have long lines. So it's a small world. One of my faves. I not one of my faves, but I do enjoy the one out west more than the one at Walt Disney World. Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, so now that Rainbow. one's a lot better. People don't realize they're two different attractions. Yeah, completely different. Yep. <laughs> That is worth a max pass to go on Pirates. Yeah, which they don't have yet. I think they are starting. Maybe by the time you're there, it'll be there. I Uh, hope so. Because I think think that one is next in line. We'll see. I think they put some, like, the little kiosk things up around the attraction. So, hopefully. Well, I will be spending the money for sure. A family of five, but one of them doesn't count because he's a baby. So we'll be getting four. That's $40. And I feel like photo ops alone and then getting the extra attractions and not having the stress, especially when you're a parent. Waiting in line can just suck, uh, especially with just those little ones. They don't like to wait long. And so I like the idea of Max Pass. I yeah, think definitely. it's definitely going to be the parent's lifesaver and Uh, Just like you saw Universal with spending money to cut in line, basically, people will shell it out. And and Disney's not dumb. They know they're going to make their money. Yeah. So another same same exact idea. Another thing I'm really for are the dining packages for Mm -hmm. the shows, because, you know, I had no problem when it was just me and my husband getting a spot for a parade or sitting for an hour waiting for Fantasmic. But we cannot do that with a toddler. It's just impossible. So um, I like the dining package options that there are for reserved seating for those things. Um, there's like a paint the night parade one. There's a Pixar play parade one they've got for Fantasmic. Um, when world of color comes back, there's one. And it's just, it, it basically, I will pay for less stress. That's fine. Amen. And I like, yeah. And I like the reserved seating cause usually it's a better view. So if I spend a little bit more money and I get a good meal out of it mm-hmm. and I can, you know, see the entertainment better, I don't have to wait as long. Um, totally, totally worth it. Agreed on all counts. Definitely worth it. And thank you, Jen, for being on the show as we run out of time, because if you want to book any of those or have any questions, not only do we recommend talking to Jennifer, part of the Disney Moms panel, she is amazing. We can put her information in the show notes. But of course, talking to Michelle McKnight, she is a rope drop queen, and she too is with Doug enjoying Toy Story Land, and we'll be talking more about that next week. But she can help you uh, with some Max Pass questions and help you book some reservations and uh, all things Disneyland as well as Disney World and the Disney Cruise. So her information will be in the show notes. Jen, the other Disney dentist, thank you so much for being on the show. I know if something happens to me out west, I can come see you and not Doug. (laughs) Thank you very much for having me. No problem. Doug, we miss you. You'll be back next week. If you want more information about what's going on, 
Doug has done some really great things on social media, Twitter and Facebook, a lot of pictures of Toy Story and all the other attractions. So go on there and follow us. And for Jennifer, I'm Derek Sassman. You've been listening to Rope Drop Radio.